0: A sock that you've never seen before. <laughs>
1: yeah. it, it did not come from our household. <laughs> Alright, let's do this. Hey, flush the toilet! Too
0: busy to flush! Alright, hey everyone, welcome to Too Busy to a Flush. I'm JR. And I'm Molly. And if this is your first time joining us, thanks for being here. This is our effort to invite you around into our lives and around our digital table, if you will, in a world where people are weird and hard and uh, sometimes dumb, as my brother likes to say. Who's going to be here tomorrow? I made Mm -hmm. plans for Friday and I've canceled all my plans for Friday because I thought they were coming on Friday and they're coming tomorrow. So such is life. I'm cool with that. I like hanging out with my brother. He's rad.
1: Okay. Could he yeah. not do your plans with you?
0: Um, he's not going to want to go to band practice. Oh, no. Yeah, I know <laughs> He's like, this is boring. That's, um, that's the only plan. That's the only thing. And then I, uh, if I have any changes I need to make on this mastering project, but so far it's sounding really choice and I hope they love it. Um, anyway, guys, we don't know what we're going to talk about on the show because we, Molly and I have been married for 14 years and 15 years, somewhere in there, and we live life extemporaneously and we talk uh, stream of consciousness on the show. So to aid that, um, we've roughly named the show title around the subjects we talk about. And also there is a timestamped roadmap of the show in the show notes. You can go take a look at that. And in those show notes, we'll also include any relevant links that might be uh, pertinent to you or worth your time uh, there as well. So next week, I don't know, honestly, if we're going to get a show out or not. Um, Two reasons. The first reason is that my brother and his wife and their two kids are coming to stay with us for a week. The second reason is as soon as this mastering project is done, I am tearing apart my studio for a full rebuild. I'll post photos on Telegram so those of you can see it. Uh, Not the construction process. I know we've got some craftsmen on our Telegram group. And our Telegram group, you guys, is a, just a private group of diehard listeners and now community and friends. And we get along. We've got some craftsmen on there, so I'm going to be careful not to post anything in detail. It's all going to be soft-focused. I'm going to blur <laughs> out any details. <laughs> that's the way it's going to be.
1: I feel like like that's sort of how we roll. Just the story of our lives is. Please don't look too closely.
0: <laughs> Everything, my life in soft focus. Uh, it's my new Instagram. You handle.
1: guys are. You, you've heard the story of the Christmas tree, last week. <laughs> the Christmas tree is now. It, every time you walk past it at a certain angle, you go, "Is it leaning more?" <laughs> I don't know because it's been leaning. It. It has been so wonky for so long, but it is objectively leaning more now. Because all three, so after we recorded last week, I think I used another layer and another type of string to tie it to the balcony at another angle. And then Titus, the next day, was like, hi, that just makes me nervous. Let's do another layer with my paracord that I got in my stocking at Christmas last year. Oh, really? Year. So the bright orange is Titus's addition. And all three of those strings are now tight. This, the tree is actually being held up by those but did strings. he
0: decide since he went ahead and did that did he decide to go through some uh loft railings back so it pulled it back to straight
1: no we didn't we didn't pull it tight we just had it just loose enough that it wasn't dangling but that we could tell if the tree actually was relying on it we should like to stay try up. To,
0: we should suspend it half vertical like at a 45 over a couch uh, just
1: it's true it, even though <laughs> even though i've been trying to let this go It's not something I can control. This is a 12 foot tree. I cannot, I I can't pull it out of the stand, buy a new stand, and replace it if I wanted to. I have no control over this. No,
0: and you guys, it's too, I thought about actually getting, just getting a new stand now and pulling the tree out, but the tree is already trimmed. And lifting it straight up and out of one stand and then holding it there. So because you we're talking a
1: 7 to 8 inch trunk on this tree. Yeah. We're yeah. not talking a Christmas it's a, tree it's lot. A, it's a 12... Strap it to this top of a Subaru. Yeah, it's a
0: 12 foot tree.
1: Yeah, it's a tre- it's literally a tree. And so... uh, So I keep trying to let it go. But it really... Every time I glance at it, I have to do... It freaks me out for a second. And then I have to do a mental self check. Nope, it's tied to the loft. It's fine. But... I was visiting with a friend this morning at a cane of Vox, like, check-in call, and she was like, yeah, I don't know, Christmas this year sounds so, feels so scattered. I normally have all of my kids' presents by now, and I don't even know what to get them this year, and my kids, her kids, she's got twins that are seniors in high school, and she's like, they're just not interested in the Advent calendar. We've got treats behind every day of a Advent calendar, a reusable one that she hangs on the wall. And she's like, I just keep taking the treats out and putting them in the cupboard because the kids don't even think to open the Advent thing. And I just feel really scattered. Our tree's half decorated. And I was like, let me tell you about my tree. So I texted her a picture and I was like, this feels kind of like emblematic of how we are doing life and Christmas this year. Like, we're not falling over, but it's because we're tied to the loft. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and funny. Everyone who walks in is going to be like, "Oh, you don't crush it on the Christmas decorations, do you?"
0: And it's your almost... tree isn't
1: even straight, and... and it's not well lit because I bought six boxes of lights at Target, thinking it would be plenty, and uh, it. I mean, it's it's lit to like nineteen eighties standards. Certainly not. 2023, my tree has 15,000 lights and, you know, three layers in and out of the tree standards. Uh, You know, it's just hanging there by three threads and adequate.
0: Um, So you guys understand who we are a little bit better. Molly and I are not terribly sentimental people. We have birthdays for our kids because they want them. We typically don't we have, do birthdays You mean we celebrate ourselves. birthdays. Yeah, not having them. Have... We have them automatically, but we celebrate them. When we got married... That's not,
1: that's not actually true. I I think that birthdays are an important way of helping kids feel
0: special, okay. especially in a big See? family. So we do that. We don't do it for ourselves because we don't need to feel special. We also... I just... We... Molly got me uh, that's some... That's because
1: we don't believe in self-care.
0: Molly... <laughs> Molly got me some like wedding rings, for instance, uh, silicone wedding rings, because I kept losing the other one. And the other ones weren't even really that expensive. It was
1: a couple hundred dollars. And
0: uh, now it's just tattooed. And we don't even celebrate our anniversary. And we don't go on dates. And we just were like, eh, whatever.
1: But part of that, I mean, yes, that's partly true. But part of it is just a function of busyness. Like our anniversary this year, or almost our anniversary, we chose to get married on Labor Day weekend. There is always something going on. So we sacrifice. So it's we always would-
0: a celebration. We're always doing something. Well, for our I mean, we were camp- <laughs> we were camping
1: this year. And- yeah, we
0: camped for our anniversary. This is how that works. You just do it all at the same time. And then yeah, like, I'm what just you saying, like, I'll
1: you're, you're acting like we sit at home and pretend like it's not our anniversary. Well, we but don't
0: pretend, but we don't go out of our way not, to make each other feel not special. We're not
1: going out of our way. I do appreciate when you try to make me feel special. Like, remember the year you bought me a pair of socks for Christmas and that was it? I do. No. I do. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that.
0: All right, I'll buy you. I'll buy you something special for Christmas.
1: You don't have to. I've been buying. I've, after that, I started <clears throat> buying myself stuff. See, that's
0: how it works, you guys.
1: It's not how it works. She it's says you can't
0: do something. You know, it makes her feel special. Okay, I'll do something. You don't have to do something. I've already done it for me. Okay. So I well, just to feel started special doing, if I do something.
1: I've started doing it for myself because otherwise you're, you don't care.
0: I love you. I do care. We just, I married the right person. Like, our marriage isn't falling apart because um, I don't buy you gifts or let you go off and do self-care once a week or, you know.
1: This is true. Stuff. You married such a godly woman. Stuff
0: like that. Good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're super godly.
1: Um, Speaking of self-care, I have one more thing to say on our now three-week <laughs> string of self-care conversation. Uh, didn't didn't stir up a whole lot more conversation in our telegram. So I think that people kind of uh, shot their shot, burned out their steam on the first week or so of the conversation. But um, when I was last week, we, I referenced uh, Kelly Capik and I now have confirmation from people who know him personally that thanks Linda and Anna, that he uh, that that's how you say his name. And it's a he, even though his name is Kelly. And he's Irish. The last, no, he's not. He's from Tennessee. The last chapter of his book, I think, is the the phrase that I prefer to the phrase self care as a believer. And the phrase, the title of the chapter, and the phrase that I think we should embrace is living faithfully within our finitude so rather than trying to do self-care we seek to live faithfully within our finitude and living faithfully for Capic kind of recapping the whole book living faithfully is is yes dying to self but also yes recognizing that I am a creature created with finite capacity by design. It's a feature, not a bug, and embracing that as a as a part of who I am, rather than chafing against it and wishing that I could do more, feeling guilty that I could do more, embracing the seasons of rest and whatnot, all the things that we've talked about. And honestly, I was reading the summary in this chapter and I was like, I think we kind of nailed it last week. (laughs) Because his he has four points. And the question of how do we live faithfully within our finitude, And the first one is embrace the rhythms and seasons of life. So the rhythms would be weekly Sabbath, bigger rest times. Um, who was it? Was it Dinah, I think, pointed out that not only were there was there the weekly pattern, but the Israelites also had big feast celebrations yeah. every couple of months. And then every couple of years, there was something built in. To every seven seven years, there was something built into the structure of the Israelites' life, and then every fifty years was the the year of Jubilee, when debts were forgiven and whatnot. And so there's this built-in pattern of life. And Kappik has some some books that he thinks are good good to reference and um, just um, recognizing in our seasons of life he says like the American dream especially for women and you know this conversation is mostly focused about women he's like you can't have it all women want to have the career have the job have the you know the beautiful home be a good mother be a good wife be a good friend be serving actively in the church be making the homemade food be keeping the house in order be keeping the yard in order you can't have it all you can't do it all especially you can't do it all well. Um, and then he just talks about, you know, there are seasons in life where we, um, where we are less capable of things, like if we're caring for an elderly parent or something like that. So he, he definitely, or, you know, as a mom of young kids, you certainly, uh, can't have it all. His next point is to recognize your vulnerability. And, um, I think that, I mean, he has somewhat different points on that. But then just the recognition that we, we want to have it all and we can't. And then we are fragile creatures um, who want to pretend that we're stronger and better than we are. Um, his number three point was to express lament and cultivate gratitude. And his first sub-point on that is don't pick between the two. Do them both. Uh, So express lament when you can't, do it all when you can't, um, you know, where you're failing and then cultivate gratitude for God's provision where he, you obviously see him providing. And even if you don't cultivate gratitude for the fact that he's near. And then the final point that he had as I'm flipping through pages, trying to find it again was still flipping. Was rest, honor, sleep, and Sabbath. And we we covered that decently well, although I'm sure he does it better in the
0: book. I always, I love the fact that the natural rhythms of life, like there's, God gives us resets, you know, every, every week with the Sabbath. He gives us resets every day with going to bed and getting up a new day, mm-hmm. 24 hour clock. He gives us a reset every week, month, year. I mean, every time we turn around, there's like a... re like It's like God's reminding us like you live in this finite and time-constrained life. Like you're... And just the fact that we're... We had this conversation briefly. Uh, you weren't at Life Group on Sunday about um, election and um, God's foreknowledge and stuff. And I said, well, there's also the concept of time. Like God lives above and beyond time. So his idea of foreknowledge and knowing ahead of time is totally different than ours because he's above time like he doesn't he's not bound by the by time and just that by itself being bound by time is being finite
1: yeah
0: i yep. got those
1: and um having to eat <laughs> I, know. Yeah. I mean we're so we're such dependent creatures i saw this instagram video that was like funny but tragic funny you know you have to laugh or you'll cry and it was a millennial talking to his financial advisor and he was the financial advisor was like well what are your goals and he was like well I'd like to buy a house and the guy was like <laughs> no what are your realistic goals and the guy was like I what do you mean I can't buy a house like I work 40 hours a week I live on a good budget and anyway so it was like talking And the guy was like well um do you eat well that's where all your money's going right now Cause the guy was like, I just got a raise. And he's like, so did the price of your food <laughs> anyway. And then the financial advisor was like, I mean, you can consider not eating. And he says it in this kind of funny, earnest way. Yeah. And the guy was like, uh, for how long? I don't know. You too. <laughs> just <laughs> sad and sad. So you have to laugh or you'll cry.
0: Yeah. 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 It's true though. We're so dependent on air, on water. You know, if we don't have any clean water, we're kind of hosed.
1: Yeah. So you guys, I don't, we, I was going to say, I don't know how long it's been, but I can verbally process how long it's been. When we were driving back from our Labor Day camping trip, I ref, our next podcast that we recorded, I referenced a sermon that I listened to while we were driving from a pastor in Bozeman about the Lord's Prayer. And since then, we have successfully integrated it into our evening prayer time with our kids. So when we finish praying for, uh, things that we often ask the kids what something that they're thankful for and something that they would like to, to pray for. And they, it's really sweet. Sometimes they pray for people we haven't seen in a while. They ask to pray for family or if they're a kid in their Sunday school classes requested prayer, they'll, they'll ask for that. And, um, They, and then, so we, we complete our family prayer time and then we now successfully have integrated, we used to forget a lot because it was creating a new habit and we pray the Lord's prayer when we have completed our family prayer time every night and I find myself somewhat, I mean, the kids, I think for sure it is a little bit of a rote thing, although I'm... I find myself hoping that the kids don't just mindlessly pray it and that the roteness of it doesn't strip it of its meaning for them. But when we're praying, I will try to focus on a particular phrase that uh, strikes my brain on at that particular time. And as you were talking, I was just thinking, man, the Lord taught us to pray, give us today our daily bread. And we really do need to be a, especially as modern Americans reminded that our daily sustenance comes from the Lord. Even if we have pantries full of food, every day is still a gift from the Lord where he is sustaining us. And that this was pray, this was originally spoken and prayed in a time when the daily bread really was a daily thing and they didn't have pantries stocked with shelf-stable food and life felt a lot less um, certain yeah yeah and you know and the certainty of course is a bit of a you know I mean it's not always a bit of a mirage because we certainly do have more food security than people who were you know living off of the ground or sustenance farmers or at the mercy of the weather or at the mercy of an employer or an owner, as the case often was, you know, we we have more food security than that, but everything we can have, we have, can be taken away in a moment from the Lord. So we do indeed do well to continue praying as the church has for two millennia. Give us today our daily bread.
0: Yeah. I was just, I, was, I made a Walmart run, uh, Couple days ago because I was getting tires put on the van, so I was at Costco and I, I it's something I was pulling stuff off the shelf and you just did a kind Costco of like,
1: run, not a Walmart run. Sorry, Costco, right?
0: yeah. um <clears throat> Walmart, Costco, lots of stuff on shelves. Yeah. And I just kind of like it was just it struck me again how much of a choice we have. And, um, I wasn't the missionaries from our third grade class, didn't they say that like? the cereal on the shelves like yeah they're in romania they're you just hundreds just like pick your pick your flavor that day their kids
1: who were like 11 and 4 came Mm -hmm. back to the states and were like what
0: and we don't have to worry about you know we have such the store we had a bunch of of food the food's gonna be there and then i got to kind of i i don't know why but i had like this moment where i just kind of freaked out internally like there are people living in sheds that have nothing overseas and i I realize I can't help them, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I was just like, kind of just overcome with conviction of like how much stuff I have, the house I live in, and the money I make, and taking all the stuff for granted. It's just like, whoa, man, that's kind of heavy. So it's a good reminder, at least at Christmas.
1: Yes. Yeah. And stuff. So another follow up from last week's conversation is I think we started off talking about the distinction between being nice and being kind. And I can't even remember yeah. what the context of that distinction was. Doug Wilson. Was it? Okay.
0: Doug Wilson and Kevin DeYoung. Okay. And since we're on that topic, we can talk about what Doug said about Christmas. No, i kidding.
1: I, I mean.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. That's... Don't. Don't.
1: Why? No, I. Do you have a problem with what I texted you about what he said about Christmas?
0: No problem with what he said.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't have a particular problem with what he said. I just don't want to get drawn into the drama.
1: There's okay. Okay, there is. I since, don't have a lot
0: of skin in the game. No,
1: there's. This is no drama. This is no drama. Wait, this is let's very okay. Much... Let's
0: we'll get there to the minute we we're talking about kind and nice.
1: Yeah. No, we're gonna do Doug Wilson first.
0: Oh. Okay. There we go.
1: Um, he, so I have a friend who is a huge, uh, fan of Rachel Jankovic, who is Douglas Wilson's daughter. And I also really appreciate her. She does a lot of convicting. She posts a lot of things on her Facebook and Instagram that are simultaneously really convicting and uplifting because they're like, it's all about being a mom. I think she's a mom of eight. And she wants to make her home a place of discipline and a place of grace and a place of joy. And it just very much wants to embody the fruits of the spirit in her home, which requires a ton of dying to self for her, a ton of repenting. And so she brings that to bear in very well-written and poignant Facebook and Instagram posts. So this friend of mine shares what rachel posts a lot and she had a great one about uh what sort of home environment are you creating this christmas season for your family because that's the lasting legacy of the christmas season for your family it was great very convicting same friend then posted a uh, douglas wilson uh it was an excerpt from a sermon that he called celebrating christmas like a puritan and his comment was let me see. I did a screen grab of an Instagram post, so I'm not sure. The the, uh, screen, the slide says, Don't turn Christmas into a period of morbid introspective penitence. This is a season of joy. And then he goes, the caption says, This is a season of joy. Celebrate the stuff. Celebrate the materiality of Christmas. Use fudge, eggnog, wine, roast beef. Use presents, wrapping paper. Because Jesus was born in a material world this is where we register our piety as well. If your godliness won't imprint on fudge, wrapping paper, shopping, baking, having a feast, and having family over, it's not true godliness. This might seem a bit out of control as though I'm urging you to go overboard. Of course, I'm urging you to go overboard. That's the whole point. The gospel is overboard. God does not ladle out grace with a teaspoon. And I 100% agree with that and I think it goes along the lines of what his daughter has said about creating an atmosphere where and there's a difference I think between creating an atmosphere of indulging your kids every whim and bending over backwards to do everything they want to do at Christmas and meeting all of the society's expectations about you mean you didn't go to the zoo and rent out a $300 s'mores hut and get A professional photographer to take your family's pictures all wearing Christmas hats at the zoo's light display. And, you know, and so then you start feeling like you're failing as a mom because that is exorbitantly expensive and it's something you can't afford. And it's not something you really feel interested in doing anyway. So, you know, there's do this within your personality and your means, but, uh, you know, don't create your kids into being spoiled brats, but also, Give them an experience of joy and of generosity and of just that that literal hospitality, not digital hospitality like we're practicing right here, but actually around a table, have other people, have wonderful food. I think the reason that quote resonated with me is because it feels like if Robert Capon had a chapter in The Supper of the Lamb about Christmas, it sounds like exactly something he would have said. So Capon is really big on you don't eat the feasts every single meal. Every meal is not rich and indulgent. Capon is really big on cottage cheese. Like get some get your protein from a really simple, really economical. It's not fancy, it's not exciting, but it's nourishing and eat a piece of, eat a chunk of hearty bread, eat some cheese and have that as your meal. He dis- differentiates between festal and I can't remember his other word. Ferial, maybe? <clears throat> anyway, it's been a long time since I've cracked open that book. It's time. Is, and it's as weird. I need to read it again. Guys, it it's
0: Molly's favorite book on Earth.
1: It is my favorite book on Earth, which I think is why uh, the. Um,
0: I will include a link for it in the show notes. Everybody needs to go buy a copy of that book and have it at home because it is Molly's favorite book on earth.
1: It's true. It also makes a great Christmas <clears throat> present.
0: It's also an amazing book. So if you
1: that. One year for Christmas, I gave copies of it to a couple of people and I actually uh, bookmarked and highlighted my favorite passages in it. So if you buy it for somebody and you don't know... What passages? You know what we should
0: do? We should buy a bunch of copies. You can mark and highlight some of your favorite passages and then people can buy those copies. From to send us, directly to the, from us. Directly from us to their people. If you're interested in that, hit us up on our various channels and I'll share that with you at the end. Um, I think where that comment by Doug Wilson is going to not resonate with people and make them very upset is it makes it sound like celebrate materialism. And while that may or may not be, may, you may have moral, you have to go back to what is being a materialist right or wrong. And are you separating that from the fact that we live in a material world? Are you taking that in and of itself as, an, it's, as, a, as, a, as a selfish, idolatrous ideology?
1: So there's a, di- there's a distinction even <clears throat> in the words that you should be using. Yeah, And you said materialist and as Christians who were made in a material world. And we believe that matter matters and we believe that because God became incarnate and took on human flesh and experienced all of the material world that our bodies are inextricably bound with our experience of life. We, we cannot experience life. We cannot experience godliness. We cannot experience redemption. We cannot experience eternity apart from the materiality of our being.
0: So what you're saying is Madonna had it right all those She's years a material ago. Girl in, a material in a material world.
1: world. So, but, so 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 ma- being a materialist saying we live in a materi- in a world that is not imaginary it's matter matters and is different than being than materialism.
0: Mm. And
1: materialism is con- is basically another word for consumerism where the matter matters too much.
0: This is where I think the, that's what I said, where the distinction I think is going to be like, people are going to hear one thing when he's saying something else.
1: Yes. And so, I mean, let's, I mean, as you're saying that I'm thinking we're going to go back to Kelly Capic here and the feasts and the festivals, you know, God didn't say burn up all of these sacrifices because, the cows and the things don't matter what they did with the animal sacrifices was then eat them as a feast and uh what was it coughney and well Phinehas? somebody ate them sometimes
0: just the sometimes just the priests ate them
1: sometimes the priests ate them but wasn't it um wasn't it samuel's sons who got in trouble because they were keeping the best fatty portions of the uh, I meat think, for themselves. yeah i think it
0: was samuel's it was Sa- yeah i think it was samuel's sons
1: and so they the, got into like, a
0: lot of trouble samuel's sons they yeah they weren't didn't the have best, very good sons
1: which sometimes makes you question his parenting right
0: yeah but god still used him as like an epic prophet so
1: yeah which is i mean that's the the,
0: that's why I can't that's, hold. That's
1: the key phrase in all of the Bible, right? But God still used but him. God
0: still used him, <laughs> and that's why I can't hold like some church leaders too high of a pedestal. Who you know, you have that. You have that passage about elders. You know, like their their house is in order. <laughs> Samuel's house wasn't in order.
1: David's, David's house, house wasn't, wasn't
0: in order. order. Apparently, Mary's house was in order, but I don't know.
1: Well, I <laughs> Her mean, dad,
0: Jesus's father Joseph wasn't an elder either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. was the other one I was gonna say oh um Hosea Hosea oh
0: (laughs) God God
1: designed his house to be a mess no um but I mean I so I I like that because I it's the Christian Gnosticism and asceticism that we confuse with holiness that well I don't give my kids many gifts at Christmas because I want them to focus on the fact that Jesus is the true gift and Jesus is the reason for the season And those things are all 100% true, but it doesn't mean that you can't enjoy gift giving and teach the fruits of the spirit, like the joy that there is in giving. Yeah. And there's, there's,
0: there's the risk of, of finding, of slipping into finding your Christian Gnosticism as a source of your righteousness. Yes. For that moment in time, which is also bad.
1: But I will also say I think there are seasons in families' lives where sometimes it's more fun and appropriate to go all out with all the things. And sometimes it's more appropriate to not, you know, have a tree loaded with all the gifts and things. You know, depending Mm -hmm. on what your family's season of life is and what your kids' attitudes towards receiving gifts are and things. Uh, it may be appropriate to teach them that you're not going to get all the things on your list just because, you know, just because it's Christmas. Yeah. Especially our 11-year-old who has ridiculously exorbitant things on her list. Oh, she never our, gets anything oh, she, on her yeah, list. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's ridiculous. She's living
0: in fantasy land right now.
1: Uh. So, okay, so that was the Douglas Wilson comment. Not contra... I mean, shouldn't... In my opinion, it shouldn't be controversial. It should be... It will be. When God gives you good food, good fellowship, good gifts, don't feel guilty. Take them and enjoy them. And because we live in a world where God's good gifts are not just spiritual, God actually enjoys the fact that he made a physical world and he will he will be redeeming and keeping forever this very physical world. So don't, don't shy away from the good physical things that get celebrated more around Christmas than at other times of the year. It's true. Yeah. So, so we were talking about kindness and nice and kind is a biblical category. Nice is not. And I have not had time to research this thoroughly, but at my Kana Box meeting on Monday night, we watched a video about just understanding the distinctions between the word sex in terms of, you know, your body is a sexed body. We exist in either, in a binary that is either male or female. And that is both in terms of our genetics and in terms of our, uh, physical characteristics, and then behaviors that flow from those physical characteristics. And there's fancy words for all of those things. And then the word gender, as far as I understand it, the word gender literally just referred to pronouns up until about the 1950s. So the gender of the pronoun was masculine or feminine, if it was he or she, her or him. Yeah, it's
0: language 101.
1: Yeah. And in other in other languages gender actually refers to words so in spanish oh, there are words that are feminine every word in spanish is either feminine or masculine so la mesa is the table so, and that's feminine is there an
0: ivory tower push to go back to the original definition of gender
1: oh no 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 okay so the not at all the the word gender <laughs> the word gender came to mean what it means now which is i mean it's always existed but it hasn't been in English vocabulary as such. The idea, so gender is two things. It's a psychological awareness of your sex, of the fact that you're male or female. So it's in your brain how you think about yourself as being either male or female. And then it's the sociological display of that that uh, should be informed by your own culture in terms of how you act in a masculine or feminine way. And each culture has its own sort of mores and manners and expectations of people who are either male or female for how they dress and how they act in order to display appropriate maleness or femaleness in their gender. Um, so, Doctor John Money, and if you're an Allie Stuckey listener, you've heard her talk about him what an before. Amazing
0: last name,
1: yeah. So he was in the 1950s, and he, uh, he was a horrible, horrible man. He was a psychiatrist, and he was famous for a couple of experiments. But one of them was he advised parents of a man whose name, if I recall correctly, was David Reimer, he advised their parents, even when he was an infant, he had a botched circumcision. And he advised David's parents to raise him as a girl because physically that was after his botched circumcision, how he physically presented as a young child.
0: So I instead of cutting how, off the foreskin, they cut off everything. The
1: whole thing. I don't know. What? I don't. I haven't seen how you,
0: pictures. How do you botch that? I don't know.
1: I mean, it could have been an infection that required amputation or something. Uh, I, I don't know. That's a little bit beside the point. So he he advised the parents to raise this their child as a female because that's how their child presented physically. And this is before a real good understanding of DNA and things like that. And so this child grew up believing that he was female. Um, Parents never gave him any explanation and experienced great psychological distress for his whole life. Uh, Because, I mean, if we want to talk about gender dysphoria, who he was being told he was 100% did not match who he was on the inside. Uh, he got the truth later in life and very tragically ended up committing suicide. Uh, but that was the actual genesis of the concept, if if I have my facts correct, of the introduction of the concept of gender outside of just grammar. His penis in... was
0: accidentally cut off during surgery. There you go.
1: So So Dr. Money also... Uh, Did some experiments on twins where he had identical twins. One he had raised male and one he had raised female. And I believe he sexually abused both twins. You're not exactly not corrupting your data there. But he was a pretty perverted, deviated man. And I believe both of those twins also ended up committing suicide later in life. Uh, Despite all of that, his research has stuck in modern American gender studies simply
0: Simplypsychology.org things. <laughs> says David's parents brought him up as a girl and money wrote extensively about this case claiming it supported his theory however Brenda as she, he was named was suffering from severe psychological and emotional difficulties and in her teens when she found out what had happened she reverted back to being a boy
1: right I just so yeah so we, we so we were talking about some of these things in our on Monday night. This is kind of a little bit beside the point because I don't want to get all depressive. It's super depressing to research John John Money, but um, interesting. We were so then we were talking about how in our culture we can be kind to people who disagree with us or who present us things that we think are less than ideal for their own good. Because they're not living according to their design. And if we are not uh, treating them in the way that the world has told them is loving and tolerant, i.e. we're affirming and we're celebrating and we're embracing and we're not questioning it at all, we're not throwing science at them, or at least the science that they don't like. And if we're not doing all the things lockstep, then we're not loving. And... it. So interesting because one of the gals in the group was like, well, we need to differentiate between being kind and being nice.
0: Oh, that's and weird.
1: I was like, yes. But then she took it so much further, according to her. And I have not had time to research this on my own. I, I agree with her. The word nice is not in the Bible. And the word nice. I, I was trying to do some quick research on it earlier this afternoon. And the word nice actually meant be a fool in, like, Old English. Um, But the word kind is actually related to kin, which is family relationships, and to the uh, very beginning in Genesis when God says that the animals uh, reproduced according to their kind. And so... To their foolishness. no that's nice kind oh so yeah. so kind uh, kind or type up. so think about yep, you know kind, when type. you yep. just def, you know when you use the word kind in the Genesis it's according to their kind so if you are being kind you are treating someone according to their kind so and and then we get into the well what is the human kind human kind is
0: A type of species.
1: is, But but it's a type of species that's unique from all of the other species. And it has unique dignity and worth because we were made in the image of God. And so when you're treating someone according to their kind, you're being kind to them. You are affording them all of the dignity that comes from having been made in the image of God. And you are treating them also, if we want to go back into the transgender thing... You are treating them in a way that accords with the way they were designed and the way that they should be living according to that design. And so being kind to someone who is, you know, and that not just transgender, like if you, someone who is blatantly living in sin, we are being kind to them by encouraging them to live in the way that they were designed to live not by being nice or just saying nice things to them, live and let live. I mean, obviously, if you don't know them well, don't get in their face and be like, I'm being kind to you. But, mm. you know, in, in terms of the people that are in our lives that we know and love, it is not kind to allow them to to encourage them to act in a way that is not in accord with how they were designed, i.e., according to their kind. Uh, animals, we treat them according to their kind, which scripturally from Genesis means that we eat them, you know, because, because they are distinct from us, you know, and they have a particular reason that they were created and a design and we are being kind to the animals by treating them according to their kind. Where she went that I thought was... I mean, that was all super fascinating to me to begin with. And then she was like, the only one who does not treat us according to our kind is God. Because if he were to treat us according to our kind, we would get what we deserved. Which is that we are sinful fallen creatures who have rebelled against our creator. And what we deserve, i.e. to be treated according to our kind, would be punishment and death. And so he actually... that." there's a contrast there then between grace and kindness, because the grace, uh, is God giving his son in order to give us what we don't deserve rather than treating us according to our kind, i.e. sinful fallen creatures. Uh, I, I haven't fact checked that at all, but I find it a really intriguing and fascinating way of thinking about the word kindness.
0: Hmm. I just would, I want to mention, uh, here that it was really fun to put faces to names on your Kana Box follow-up or CanaVox catch-up episode with Marie, Claudia, and...
1: No, Claudia wasn't on it. Uh, I scheduled Marie, it in... An Aaron, Aaron and, and, Lydia. and Lydia.
0: Lydia, that was it. Yeah. I yeah, unfortunately
1: cool. scheduled it at a time when Claudia couldn't make it, yeah. which is still a huge bummer to me. And to those ladies, I'm
0: sorry if it felt like I was ignoring you, but normally when Molly's on a Kana Box call... She gets really cranky when I make faces or wave at all the ladies in of when do, I walk through the room. But
1: you do it anyway. Yeah, so I expected you to. Every now and then.
0: <laughs> every now and then I will. If I see like Katie or someone on there that knows me. But otherwise, it's like, nah, let's just gonna let you do your thing. Yeah. Let you Golly, be professional. this morning
1: when I was on my quick check-in call, the kids kept asking, expecting for help with their math. I was like, it's 30 minutes. Just leave me alone. I go, literally went in our room and shut the door. Not because I was having a private conversation, but because I was, I couldn't answer math questions while I was talking about what I need to do for work for the next month. And there's, open the door. Oh, there you are, mom. (laughs) Can you just give me 15 more minutes? Can you help
0: me with my multiplication, please?
1: Please. Oh, goodness. So anyway, that's, that's all I've got today. I'm trying to think if I have any interesting food endeavors. I don't. I haven't really done anything interesting food-wise.
0: We're not interesting. recently. Um, Her dad's been doing some interesting food-wise stuff. We took some sauce, some elk, ground it up, double-ground it, and added some sausage seasoning. And then he went and bought some high-temp cheese. Apparently, you can get a certain kind of cheese that doesn't melt. He bought some high-temp cheese and then added... um, added, uh, uh, Jalapenos? Jalapenos, peppers. Chopped up jalapeno peppers to... Uh, summer sausage and then we we produced all these rolls i mean we've got 30 some odd pounds of summer sausage in i don't know two pound two big, pound big rolls they're like yeah. what you
1: would get yeah they're yeah. like two inch two, yeah, inches, two inches
0: and they're really tasty they
1: are really tasty i don't really care for the big chunks that you guys fried up to test out the flavor
0: it's just not cooked 'cause because when you cook them you put them in a special kind of casing and i can't remember what it's called then you stab that casing, and then they tell you to smoke it. And apparently, the smoke permeates, and that's when it cooks to temp. And then you cut off. And eat. It,
1: you cook it really slow, mm-hmm. so that yeah. it's cooked evenly all throughout.
0: So we've got we've got a roll with like double the jalapenos. We've got partial jalapeno. And then we have got another one. He's it's called um, it's called something. I don't know what it was called. But I was like, I don't know what this. It has
1: a fantastic flavor. It tastes other than it doesn't have the big chunks of fat that store bought summer sausage has but it otherwise it tastes like something you would get in a store
0: one of our friends did buy did add a bunch of fat to his and your dad said it just didn't have a good texture to it with all Mm. that extra fat in there so Mm. I prefer soup. I mean super lean at that point like it's straight meat
1: is it just elk or did you guys mix pork in with it we didn't
0: mix anything with it oh
1: interesting I thought you mixed some ground you know what
0: I think we mixed I think we mixed oh we mixed brisket with this one beef brisket some pork yeah from offer beef brisket yeah, we mix a little bit. Of beef, oh, fat. Brisket fat. Oh,
1: okay. Fat,
0: sorry. Brisket fat. Beef, Interesting. Brisket fat. Not on my game today, guys. I stayed up too late last night watching and listening to things on my new. I added two height channels to my home theater. So I've got Dolby Atmos now and there. And it's just brilliant. I love Western culture.
1: <laughs> the lux- luxurious <laughs> indulgence. Luxu-
0: that's my Christmas present to myself. Yeah it's 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 lovely, and I get to produce it, which is even mix it it's, it's, oh, it's so fun. Um, anyway, uh, you guys, we did leave some links and we did mention some things in the show, and so those links will be in the show notes. And also in the show notes is a link to the telegram group I mentioned. There's a couple different ways to get a hold of us. Telegram is by far the number one. It's also a you know it's a private group. Uh, we've got probably seventy members in there or more and a lot of interaction conversation happens in there around the show and around personal lives too so if you're not necessarily interested in getting to know other people then you know but we encourage you to do it because it's a really cool community of people a lot of fun um, you'll enjoy it so that link is in the show notes another way to get a hold of us is our website you can go to www.tobusytoflush.com all grammatically correct or TB, the number 2F, tb2f.com. And you can scroll down and send us a postcard. You can also send us an email at tb2f at me. And uh, again, why would you want to do that? Well, you would want to encourage us. You would want to disagree with us. Um, or you would want to say, hey, I would love to have a custom annotated copy of uh, The Supper of the Lamb by Robert Farrar Capon annotated by Molly herself with all her favorite quotes and links and underlines and everything else. So um, if you want to do that, we can do that. I don't We don't have a problem doing that. Um,
1: Might not be able to get it to you in time for Christmas because Amazon is now taking almost a full week to get packages to us.
0: Amazon is already slow anyway. Anyway, um, so you can do that. uh, But, you know, if you want to, one thing I would ask if you're on Apple or a podcast or anywhere you can leave a podcast review, please leave us a review. It really helps out. With getting us in front of people helps out the old algorithm thing and everything else. We're also on, I've been posting um, highlight reels on Instagram this last week. And you can also give us a follow on Rumble. Um, I haven't updated anything on Rumble in quite a while. We'll get there. We're making slow progress. My next project is to...
1: Is Rumble another app that you have to download?
0: It's that uh, highly conservative right-wing YouTube competitor.
1: Oh, YouTube competitor. Okay. Yeah.
0: Interestingly, they got some fun content on there. They, they're doing all of... Uh, they're doing like ESPN Rallycross, which was super awesome. I was like, whoa, they got Rallycross on here. Um, Interesting. But uh, my next my next effort here uh, in the next week is to get some new t-shirt designs up. And I was actually even thinking something about something fun with Finitude in it as a shirt design um, to put up online. I don't know. Finitude and... Something food related, maybe. I don't know if we we'll get something. I don't
1: know. rhymes with dude. Uh,
0: maybe we could
1: get a partnership with Dude. Perfect. Oh
0: gosh, I'll bet those guys <laughs> field thousands of queries uh, a day.
1: It, um, it, I'm trying to think of. I'm having a one does not simply walk into Mordor sort of moment. Yeah, you can, Yeah, like, you one don't, does they not. They don't. They don't partner with you you know or you, you don't, don't partner, partner with, with them they partner with yeah your...
0: I, I don't even wouldn't even know what kind of en- barrier to entry those guys have at this point I oh mean, I, just you pay
1: i'm sure you pay them a lot huge. of money to um, get a product placed with them yeah good for them that's crazy it's just it nuts. is it's crazy fun. but um, um but anyway
0: <laughs> back to so anyway guys that's how you can get a hold of us and i will have some more shirts up hopefully in the next week or two i'll let you know when we do and if we don't get a show out, those of you on Telegram, uh, you will know. If you want to subscribe to our, our website, our blog, I will be posting. I do post updates on our blog, and I can tell you right now that if we don't have a show, I will post about it, but I will also include some things from the last week that are probably worth your time, and that could be anywhere from an article, a good read, a good watch, a uh, uh, funny story, I don't know, something. I'll include something there, but...
1: And somewhere in there, we will post a picture. We will include a picture of our Christmas tree. Telegram for sure. If you're not. Oh, if you're not coming to our Christmas party. Oh, our
0: Christmas party.
1: Right. If you're still listening and you live in (coughs) Billings, let us know if you'd like to come hang out with us on the evening slash afternoon of December 16th. Uh, We will have a variety of foods. So far, uh, only
0: like my parents and one other couple are coming. So it's going to be really chill. We've got two families now. Two families now. Cool. Uh to be really chill, guys.
1: Super I mean, fun. it'll be like two bottles of wine per person at this point. So or three. We
0: brought all that wine back from the cabin.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, anyway, oh my uh, if let us know if you would like to come, say hi, celebrate Christmas with us, see our crooked Christmas tree in person.
0: Are we gonna? I was planning on lifting it up before my brother got here. Oh, I don't know.
1: Plan. I I mean. Should we leave it crooked? I have, it crooked? I, have, I would prefer not to because it stresses okay. me out. But I also have I zero expectations of you fixing it because then Ouch. the expectations just make me mad if they don't go fulfilled.
0: Ooh. so that hurt. that hurt. Did it? I cut deep. That hurt. Oh, that
1: hurt. I, d- I didn't mean to. I just <sighs> let stuff go instead of. I mean, you're like, why haven't I fixed that, that crooked shade? Because I don't nag you. To no, him.
0: I didn't say fix. I said replace.
1: Uh, well, that too. Um, but I did ask if you would have time to fix my oven door the other day, and you did it immediately, which was awesome. Oh, I'm saying there was something else I used to do, and you did it right away, too. I'm glad you noticed. I did know. Well, otherwise, I had to hold it, hold the. Bottom part of the door on with my foot every time I opened my oven. I don't know where the screws went. That's
0: super weird.
1: Maybe the mouse that I had to pull the whole I had to pull the the whole
0: door off in order to repair it. Did you
1: really? How did I miss that? Did I take the? You were gone.
0: No, yeah, you took off. I did it while you were out of the house. You took off somewhere that afternoon. Well, thanks. Anyway,
1: uh, we'll we'll share a picture of our crooked Christmas tree so you guys can laugh at us. I don't even say laugh with us. Laugh at us. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Every one of those channels. (laughs) and with that uh we will hopefully maybe possibly see you next week